And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next with former NBA players Derek Gurman and Paul Mokeski. I'm Ricky Hansen coming to you on the day after Christmas, Monday night. Man, we hope everybody out there had a wonderful Christmas weekend and are celebrating uh, the holiday season as we barrel towards the end of the year and, and New Year's Day. Uh, welcome, guys. I mean, we, we were off a week, and I'm telling you, it, it feels like we hadn't been on in two months. We <laughs> had so much fun doing this show, but we yeah. miss a week, man. It feels like forever. Hey, good evening, uh, fellas. Yeah, and welcome, welcome back. Viewers out yes, there. sir. Yes, sir. I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, happy Holidays to everyone. Yeah, I miss you guys, man. See, you got to see your face at least once a week. Or it's tough. Absolutely, man. And that, that, is, that is absolutely the, the truth uh, in that. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, and we're going to get into it tonight. A lot of stuff happening in the uh, National Basketball Association. But since Big Mo got his front runner, I can't call him a bandwagon guy because he's been with <laughs> it for a while. Kansas City Chiefs cap. <laughs> hey, Ricky, it's only what, three weeks left, right? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, this weekend and next weekend. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, well, oh, boy. Here the we last go. Last game of this week is being played now, Monday night. And we got uh, week 17 and 18 mm -hmm. uh, next week. I mean, 16 to 17. So, Mo, you start us off. Your boys are doing what they usually do, locking things up. Yeah, I mean, you know, they lost one of their best receivers this year in, in uh, Tyreek Hill. But now he, it seems like Mahomes is spreading the ball around and everybody's getting – I mean, obviously Kelsey uh, – uh, Kelsey's – Kelsey? Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's his favorite. But now he – you know, now he's got a lot of different receivers. and kind of looking a little shaky at you know, beginning of the year, and now they're coming around. And, you know, they've been there before. Uh, they have the coach that's been there before. And, uh, you know, you got a quarterback like Mahomes. And uh, I think there it seemed to me uh, the last couple of weeks their defense has picked up a little bit, and that's going to be key uh, for, for moving on. But obviously the Chiefs are right up there with the Bills and some other teams that are favorites. But, you know, anything can happen. I, I like, um, you know, I picked Buffalo at the beginning of the season, but I do like the Chiefs. The only thing I ask you, Paul, the last couple of weeks, and we talk about winning the game is the bottom line. But, you know, at, at one game, you might say it's a hiccup. How do you think they played the last weeks? They struggled the last two weeks against some not so great teams. But as far as do you think that's something they can rectify quickly? Yeah, and I, I can't remember the one. In one of the games, they struggled on offense against an average team or below, and that's what concerns me because uh, I can't remember the game. But you know, I'm thinking the Houston game, Mo. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like you know, usually against the Chiefs, you got to score touchdowns to win this game. Yeah. You can't kick field goals, and uh, you know that wasn't the case. So that is a little concerning. You know what else concerns me, uh, D? Um, they play so well at home. You know, in that Chief Stadium and all that stuff. Yeah. They go on the road, they struggle a little bit. Yeah. 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 Most, most teams do, but I mean, you're right with uh, Mahomes, man. Now he's just moving that ball around to, to everybody. He's got hey. so, so many targets. I don't so like it, Ricky. From. I don't like it. I'm a Buffalo guy. And I still believe in Buffalo, but I don't even want the Chiefs to be in the mix, to be honest with you. That's what's scary. I mean, they only got three losses, if I'm correct, right? 13 and three? 13 and three, yeah. And yep. they didn't really, and they really haven't played great this year, if you be honest about it. They've been up and down, like we just talked about. They've had ebbs and flows. And still to come out 13 and three, that's a scary thought going into a, uh, the playoffs. I, I totally agree with you there, man. They, uh, I mean, that's why they've been there every year. I mean, they got, and, and you know what? It's time to give Andy Reid some credit to as a coach. Because yeah. he's done this wherever he's been, you know. Look what he did in Philadelphia and came right over to Kansas City and he's picked up right where he left off. And uh, 
Dude, he's just perfect guy to have Mahomes um, come to, and and Eric the Enemy, the offensive coordinator. They they brought a lot of this kid. Ricky, can I only cut you off? There's two two teams yeah. I want to talk to you and Paul about because you got I need somebody to help me out. Uh, we talk about all the teams that the favorites, and we know who they are, right? But here's the two friends teams for me that have a chance to cause the most trouble. Cincinnati Bengals and mm. the 49ers. What do you guys think about uh, – are they sincere? sincere uh, are they serious teams, serious contenders? 49ers well, and, and the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati uh, has a hell of a run game, right? They, yeah, and they got Joe Burrow too, Paul. It's just yeah, something about – yeah. Yeah. See what with the 49ers, you know, they're the their their third string or whoever's holding the fort down, you know, the the quarterback position, and that scares you. Cincinnati has been strong all season long. I mean, I think they're they're legit for sure. Yeah, I, and and my take is I, I, I think both of them are dangerous. Cincinnati has beaten Kansas City three straight times. Nobody else can, can say that. Uh, and I keep waiting for Cincinnati because every one of those games I've watched, Kansas City really should have beat them. Somehow Cincinnati has pulled it out at the end, and that's that's what counts. I can easily see those two hooking up again. Uh, yeah. The 49ers got a great defense. That's who I'm worried about right there, Ricky. Yeah, they got a great defense, and the young rookie, they're doing a good job of just giving them stuff that he does well. And, and, and you know what? And we'll get into that from a basketball perspective also. When you have limited players, how do you compete with those guys? But I, I'll ask you guys about that uh, a, a little later on down the road. But, yeah, can, uh, uh, San Francisco, the things they do well is, is definitely on defense, and they take care of their quarterback. So, yeah, they got a chance. Tell me this, guys. What do you think about – and first place in their uh, division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> I just think I talked about this weeks ago. It seems to me that two of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, started off the season as angry old men. And they're whining at their receivers and, and yelling at their coaches and, and, and I watched them this weekend, and, the, and even though both teams won, it seemed like they're still the same. They're, they're like the grumpy old, old men, and you know, uh, but you know, you never know. I mean, you know, maybe Tom Brady can talk Gronk into unretiring for the playoffs or something, because you know, you got someone like that that can make plays like that. You never know what happened, but uh, it, you know, uh, both of those are long. Started out the season as you know semi favorites, and now they're long shots. I don't believe in the Packers this year. I'll say this year I don't as much as I would uh, Tampa Bay. And, you know, Tampa Bay still has weapons. And even if you back into the playoffs, you're still into the, you're still in the playoffs. And they do have Tom Brady. And that, that's what scares me. You, you still have him. You have to eliminate him. And we know in a lot of times it comes down to teams that can finish. And it's just certain things about those nerves and those bright lights. And when you're playing against a guy that's been there and done it as many times as he has, you always have that aura of – so some player, I was call it aura invincibility. He expects to win. And that's the scary thing. Even though they're struggling this year, he's like Steph Curry. Anytime he's on the field and Steph's on the court, people believe they have a chance, and I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when you get to the playoffs um, in, in football – uh, uh, or the the NCAA tournament, you know, not not in the NBA or not in baseball because it's a seven game series. But when you get into a you know an NCAA tournament or, or NFL football playoffs, one bad game and you're done. But also the same is one good game and you move on. So it's, it kind of applies like that. And and like Derek, you're right. I mean, you got someone like that to make plays like that. And you're right. Tampa Bay has way more weapons that. You know, you move on. Let's move on one more week, and then maybe another week. So you know, you know it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, they they are not to be played with. Hey, I, I didn't get to talk to you guys just before we went on the air. I just saw it a couple of minutes as I was reading before we came on. Uh, yesterday, uh, 
Tua Tagliola, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, went into concussion protocol today. Again, man. Yeah, again. again, and la- and yesterday, he threw three straight interceptions in Green Bay. And, and two of them, it was like he threw to the wrong team. And it turns out he had gotten hit earlier. I think you guys see where I'm coming with it. Clearly, something was not right with him. Did they run him back out there again when he was dinged up? When you make it, yeah. I'm sorry. When you have his talent, and like I'm sitting here watching it, like he threw it right to the defense, like like he didn't even see him. That's scary, really scary to me. Do you guys remember when he came in the league, Paul Ricky? He said that the uh, NFL was easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm serious. You remember that, right? Yeah. It's sad. This year has been sad, man. I, I can't really blame the team because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But this has like been two or three times this year. He's had incidents that have been something to do with the neuro the neurological system. That's right. that's scary. That is. I don't, I don't know how they continue to let him play this year. I mean, at this point, is Miami really a threat to win it all? That would be my well, question. It's no. time to win. When do you shut him down, Ricky? Not. I don't think now they they still got a, a outside shot at the playoffs, but but they have people supposedly watching hits and the reactions of players. They miss out when the, that, the, the that same the same person though, right? I mean, when he had that that really drastic one, and he gets up, he shakes his head, and he tries to walk, and he stumbles, and they say that. He hurt his back. Come on, yeah, man. Come on, man. Come on yeah. man. You know what's scary, though, too? And Derek, you're an athlete. You know, and, and Ricky, you've seen it. Uh, broken leg, torn up knee, have surgery, separate shoulders, have surgery. You know, you can come back. Brain damage. Yeah, you can't man. come back from that. Never, ever. I don't understand. I don't see how you can step on the field another game this season. And, I mean, that, yeah. that, goes, yeah. that goes to – you know, you got to get your second and third opinion. You got to have your family and your agent behind you. And they need to see, hey, enough's enough, man. Let, I, let's reevaluate I, this stuff. I look at what the Rams did with Matthew Stafford. They just shut him down. And, and of course, they were out of the playoffs earlier, too. Whereas, uh, two of them. And, you know, Ricky, it's really his past football at his point, right? Because this has been something that's occurring more than once, twice. And so this is even beyond football. It's as a team. They got to sit there and be having those real meetings. This is not about football anymore. This is about this young man's life. And it's not like I say again, I don't see people right now. The Dolphins got off to a great start. But they've struggled over the course of the second half of the season. They've lost four and it, I, yes, and I don't see it hurting them, him or the team in the long term or short term by sitting him down. Okay, guys, before we move on to the uh, NBA, Wait, who, I want to hit up. I want to hit that one more time because yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to go back to uh, you know, sorry, back in the day, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. I, I can, I'm trying to find out when he retired, but. It, you know, he, he, was, he was older, but he wasn't that old. But I remember the last couple of years in his career, he had to fly. Um, we flew commercial, and he, and he had to lay down in the middle of the aisle because his back hurt so bad. And he had to get ice and treatment and everything, and he just couldn't sit for very long. And I remember when he retired, and, and reporters asked him, you're still young. You're still, you can still score 20 points a game. And his, his, his response was, yeah. But when I get older, I want to be able to play with my kids when they get older. I want to be able to move around in the backyard. I don't want to be, you know, so beat up. And that's, you know, when you talk about these these players' future, and, and you know, you got to think way beyond the game. Okay, Larry is uh, 60, and he retired in 92. So that would have made him retire at? The Olympic year. 30, yeah, remember when his back was killing him. Yeah, 32. 32. I mean, come on. The way he played, he could have played until 38, you know, because he didn't jump or nothing. You know, know, I remember that quote stuck out to me. He said, yeah, but the doctor said, if you want to play with your kids when you get older, you need to shut it down. 
Yeah. Hey, Ricky, before before we move to the NBA quickly, can I bring up my last team? Yeah, yeah, team, I want to my... ask you. That's why I yeah. want to get there from you guys. Yes, sir. My Buffalo Bills. I want you guys. I want Paul. You chime in first. You've been keeping up with the Bills with the league. What do you think about yeah. is Buffalo? Is they legit? Well, they've been they've been because of both their offense and their defense, they've been top of the list, you know, all season long. Uh, Sorry, I'm not up on my – is their quarterback injured or was injured? He, well, he – Paul, he was like four or five weeks ago, uh, maybe six now. He had hurt his shoulder. Right. But as they, he's continued to play through it, and it seems like the last three or four weeks he's regained his groove, and it doesn't seem like he's uh, suffering from the shoulder right now. They were talking about Tommy John's surgery at one time. They well, the one thing – yeah, the one thing – now I now remember, the one thing their um, their defensive player got hurt. Yeah, they lost a key defensive player. Yeah, they lost one. Yeah, they've been a little nicked. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. That was like, is he last year's MVP? On the defense, I'm trying to think of the guy. Ricky, you know who the guy uh, is because he's their most, most popular. Jackson or since he's their most popular defender. It might be Jackson or something like that. Wasn't that, wasn't he, didn't he play with the Rams last year? Oh, Von Miller, Von Miller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Von, Von Miller. Yeah. But yeah. we don't know, the, do, we, do we know the situation, Paul? Yeah, he's, he's out for the year. He's done. he's done. So and, that, it is. and someone like that on defense is so impactful that yeah. affects everybody else down the line. You know, so you know that that's a tough, tough because that affects their defense, which was right up that, there. So that, that, that that's, you know, that's the question mark I would have. You know? That affects their team. You know, in the yeah. locker room, in the locker oh. room, that, yeah, on yeah. both sides of the ball. That's a major loss. But, but when you have so when you have someone like that that's as good as that and can say look at the guys in the eye in the locker room and say, Hey, guess what? I won this thing last year. I know how to do it. Here's what we need to do, you know. But in, in, in the America conference, the AFC, I think it's clearly Kansas City and uh, Buffalo sitting as the two best teams over there. I don't think I'm worried about those. The styles, well, Ricky. Remember, cool. yeah. You know what? I can't count. Got to put. They would be the two favorites, though. I would have them with yeah. you, yeah. But I'm just saying. Well, Cincinnati is sitting yeah. right there. Hey, and 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 this is just the business of professional sports. Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick. Wow. For the, for the Jets <laughs> last year, uh, he started uh, last Thursday. Was he was he was terrible. Dreadful. Uh, today, uh, Mike White, his backup, is coming off an injury list. He's going back to starting, and they are making uh, uh, Wilson the third-string quarterback, and he'll be inactive. And it's <laughs> called after one season, well, this is the second year, that they're going to move on from the pick. Well, but, 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 guys, hear me out. If you don't think he's the guy, you may as well. Is it all his fault, Ricky, is the question. Now, what about their style of play? Does it does it benefit what he does, the things that he does, his attributes? Well, and they, they seem to play better for Mike White, his backup. Yeah, yeah fact, well. And, and even his teammates have Mike White T-shirts. Well, well Ricky, that, now, see, I agree. Now, here go the thing, though, about Zach Wilson that, that I don't like, right? There's been people have been talking about him like being one of the biggest busts already. Right. And that, that's the thing I'm worried about. I don't think he's to the point where he can't play in the league anymore. You know, sometimes you just need a ray of sunshine. You need to go to a different uh, pasture, so to say, a different team. And so I don't think he's at the point where the guy just uh, fell off the train. He can't play anymore. It might just be time for a change, you know, somewhere else. He wouldn't be the first. I mean, it's happened a lot. I just hope that's the that's, case. Yeah, that's where in the draft room, in the draft room, you got to be careful when you're in the draft room for any sport that the guy has to fit. Like, I, it used to drive me crazy when I was in the draft room in Dallas or Charlotte and, you know, we get to the second round or whatever and guys are saying, hey, let's take the, the, the best available. No, don't take the best available unless he fits with our system Take the guy that fits with our system, not the best available. And that might be a case, Derek, where, you know, he just doesn't fit. And somewhere else, he, he could explode. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's Brigham Young. I'm sorry, Ricky. Isn't he Brigham Young? 
Yeah, BYU. Yeah. So the, yeah, so I mean, it, it ta- yeah, it takes yeah. You go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. You know, there's nothing wrong with his physical abilities at all. I mean, he can, and that goes to show you he has a rocket for an arm. That's not the problem. Hey, Ricky, we thought Russell Wilson was going to be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, sometimes you just go somewhere and it doesn't work. That's yeah, and also, true. I mean, there. I can't even imagine. I mean, Derek and I played at the highest level. But I can't even imagine playing as a quarterback. How fast, strong, options, people trying to kill you, squish you, arms full. How many balls are batted now? And if you see a pass and it just barely gets by them and how yeah. fast the game is at quarterback, it's got to be mind-boggling. You know, Derek, it's like the hardest position to fill when you're going from college to the NBA is point guard. Because you got all these other things, you got to run plays, get the guys the ball, guys can manage you. Quarterbacks like uh, point guard on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely yeah, agree. Yeah, uh, 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 a guy once told me, he said, uh, playing, a former NFL player said, playing quarterback in the NFL is like taking a master's course in uh, biology. Who can you yeah, in terms what, of the studying and the preparation? And, and, and what about your how you treat it, Ricky? You man, you only as hot as your last play. <laughs> yeah, but that's like that's like taking a bio, bio, biology final in a NASCAR on two hundred miles an hour. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Ricky. I got. I know we talked a lot of football. I got to talk about this one team. I want to switch over. If that's okay to the NBA. I want to switch over to Golden State. Because yeah. um, Paul, you wrote about it before we got on the air with the uh, three and sixteen, I believe, on the road, and like thirteen and two at home. Yeah, this is something I said it was a first to you guys. Can you guys ever remember a team having such a Jekyll Hyde personality on, on the court at, at, within the course of one season? Only bad teams. Bad teams. No. Bad teams are like that, which is mind-boggling. And- you know, I think injuries with Curry and uh, Wiggins, and then I still don't think it doesn't seem to me watching them that they're over the Draymond Green incident and how he's acting on the court. I mean, I think they had seven technicals last night. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just horrendous. And you know, uh, the good news for them, and I, you know, I'm a Steve Kerr's a good friend of mine, and all that. <laughs> the next seven games are at least at home. So, but uh, that's a bad sign when you lose on the road like that. That's bad. I mean, help explain how how does this happen, guys? Man, it's like they totally focused at home, and then they're, if you notice on the road a few times, and you guys have watched them, you see them a few times arguing when they're like defensive breakdowns, and there's no communication a lot of times. And it seems like it's just the opposite. Everybody's just flowing free, uh, playing their game at home. It's crazy to me. I don't understand it. It just seems like when they go on the road, you don't see the cohesion that we always talk about. And I've never seen anything like it. They have the total cohesion at home, but it's the exact opposite on the road. I've never experienced anything like it. Well, let me throw this out at you. So when you play at home, you go to practice, you go home, you eat dinner, you go to the movie, show up at shoot-around, and you go home, and you go play the game. On the road, you get on the airplane. You get off the airplane, you go to the hotel. You go to practice, you have a meeting. You get on another airplane. You're in the locker room. You're together all the time. So, you know, if you don't get along, that's when it's going to show. We always used to say, you know, when, when we had a long road trip, it's either going to make us or break us. It's going to bring us together or it's going to blow us apart usually. And I think when you're on the road, you spend, well, you're on the airplane, you see the same. I don't like you, Derek, and you're in my, you're in my freaking seat. Now you're on the bus. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, hey, like, hey, Paul, Paul, have you guys noticed the little transformation that they've made with their team, with the young guys? What they did? The yeah, I don't. They, yeah, you know, I Paul, don't, this, what's, this kid, Ty Jerome, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 A player. Uh, yeah, uh, the pro- put, uh, go ahead. The problem is, like, Wiseman's been playing better, you know, but uh, Kuzma is what he is. He's like 
this. Kaminga. 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 Oh, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. Tell me what you think. So it seems like they can't all get on the same page at the same time, right? So instead of like Moody and those guys, DiVincenzo has been playing more. He's been playing yeah. quite well. Uh, this kid, Anthony Lamb. Yeah. And Ty, and Ty Jerome. So yeah. if they were if they were to continue to play well, and then you bring those guys back with Steph and Clay and those guys, and that that do that threesome works. What do you think about them? Like as they go down the stretch, use it towards All Star break with that kind of lineup. Yeah, and I think um, that was kind of the 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 scuttlebutt earlier that the younger players weren't really gelling with the older players like you're talking about, and now. Uh, you know, the younger players are getting more playing time. I don't know. I'm throwing too much into this. But to me, uh, if I'm sitting in that, and, and we don't know what goes on, but when I see it like this, I'm looking at uh, Draymond Green as uh, might be time to go because Clay is going to be Clay, Curry's going to be Clary. Uh, you know, they're going to be what they are. Wiggins and Poole. Then you add those young guys, we're cool. It seems like Draymond doesn't like that and because he – Quite frankly, talent-wise, you know, he's out of that mix. You know, he's, he's been a great leader, and he's been a good, great passer. He's not the defender he was. He's not the scorer he was. You know, no one really – he can't wolf anymore. Nobody – no one backs down. Remember, the, like, five years ago, everybody would be kind of afraid of him. They're not like that anymore. So if I'm in that situation and I got what I have now – I might look at trying to move him. And now he, you know, there's a little thing, of, uh, maybe I'll go play for Lakers or something like that. Get what you can for him. Then, and then make that transition you're talking about, Derek. Let those guys come in to blend with those other guys. So we are watching, even though they won a championship last year. When I listen to you guys talk, it seems like you're talking about a team in transition. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. So, you know, uh, I played for 12 years in the NBA. I love to play basketball. And even after I retired, I played basketball full court against NBA college players till I was 42 years old. And I could get up and down. I could hold my own. And then the next year I tried to do it and I looked like an idiot. And it was time to step away. It <laughs> happened that fast. So maybe it can happen that fast. <laughs> well, Ricky, for me, I, I'm not going to say that in total transition. Because, like I said earlier, I, this is what I worry about when I said the Steph factor and the Tom Brady factor, and more so in basketball because you got to beat them four times, <laughs> and that's the part that's going to be. Hard to do. Oh boy! To do. Well, you yeah. just think about the mindset. These guys—they know the NBA. These guys are in that circle all the time, right? And we could talk <laughs> all we want, but this, this, this thing about Steph that a lot of people, man, is just that aura. And it scares a lot of people, a lot of teams. They're not going to say it verbally, but you can see it in their body language. And just by him playing the way that he does, it always gives them a chance to win if they're hitting shots. And that's going to be the key. And then defensively, if they can start shoring up the basket a little more, if Wiseman can stay consistent and Looney can stay healthy, I mean, they're going to be a threat still to anyone. They're not just going to be a pushover. Okay, but yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, you said rebuilding. I don't think rebuilding. I think restructuring. Because when you're rebuilding, you don't have many pieces. Well, they, let's see. Curry, Clay Thompson is not what he was, but he can still score 20 in a quarter. Poole, Wiggins, that, and Looney is a serviceable big. And they got some other, you know, they got the other guy, you know, Wiseman and Kuzma. I keep saying Kuzma. <laughs> um, you know, so. Kuminga, he knows it. Yes. <laughs> so they they have that, but maybe the pieces don't. And I, in my opinion, I think Draymond Green is that piece that you can kind of let go and still, you know, bring someone in. And, you know, you know, I, you know, I felt like that early in the year. I don't know why I'm so stuck on uh, Ananobi or Siakam, man. I just have them on the brain. <laughs> well, I I think <laughs> oh, that would, I'm telling you what, I would be texting Steve Kerr right now. Get one of those dudes. Well, well, check this out, guys. They are currently 16 and 18. They're in the number 11 spot. 16 and 18, number 11 spot. I mean, 
how far, if even if they get going well, how far can well, they move up? Well, they have seven home games, mm-hmm. seven. So if they win six of them, they're 22 and 18. They only six in, guys, yeah. But they're up in sixth or fifth just then. So the 12, what, Paul, what's the number one has 12 losses, right? Denver and uh, uh, Denver. Yeah, Denver's yeah. 21. 21 and so, so they only like six games behind and lost Colin yeah. Ricky. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, Derek, uh, Denver's 21 and 11, and, and Golden State is six games out. It, it's yeah. all bunched up. So it's going to be a lot of moving around that's going to happen. Um, you know, I was hoping the Lakers could be in there. But I think with AD being out so long, that's done for me in my mind. But it's still got teams like Sacramento and uh, Portland that are going to be moving around. We don't know the Phoenix situation yet. So it's still a lot going to happen. Dallas is going to eventually go up. Things are going to continue to change. So a lot of teams have a chance. What about about Minnesota, who's 16 and 17? I thought they would be a little better this year. Well, um, what's the names for it, right? For Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, Towns. Yeah, their best player. Their best player is gone. He hasn't been there for a month. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't even know if Towns Gobert would work out anyway. Yeah. So let's talk about the West, right? To me, the East, you know, we're talking about uh, Milwaukee and and, um, Boston, and then you got Philly and couple others, but the, the West is the wild, wild West. Derek just said it. It's all bunched up. you got the Nuggets who are really playing good. Um, I think they might be the favorite right now. And then you got, let me think, New Orleans is second, Memphis. The Suns are struggling because Aiden's still – they had another little blow up in the huddle. Then you got the Clippers, and we don't know about Kawhi. I don't believe in the Kings. They're talented. I like them. Dallas, I don't believe in. Utah, I don't. Portland, I don't. Minnesota, I don't. So if you're talking about the Golden State Warriors, are they afraid of any of those teams? No. So it's really bunched up, but it's the wild, wild west out there. I mean, anybody can jump up. But I'm I'm with Derek. I mean, I watched the Nuggets play the other night. Nice. I like them. I Paul, I just think they're going to get better as the year goes on. And, and you know what's funny, man? You played the center spot. So when you watch this guy with this touch, because you were a shooter and you had a touch and you throw your jump hook, what do you think, man? I'm always thinking when Jokic shoots, sometimes it doesn't look like it's going in. Paul, it just goes in so consistently, man. <laughs> is, he, is, he, is he an all-time great already, Paul? Yeah, I mean – it's that, um, and it's also to me, it's his attitude. I think, um, plus the way he dresses when he goes to the game, I like it. Yeah, he dresses sharp, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. but he, he's from a different cloth, right? He's uh, Serbian or Serbian, Serbian. Mm-hmm. So, so he grew up different. He's got you know, he's got this older brothers that kind of they probably they take care of him now, but they probably beat up on him when he was young, you know. And he just you know, his mentality, but he has all the tools, like you say. Jump shot, touch, uh, mentality, and he's a great passer. I mean, whew, uh, that's a nice combination. You know, Rick, 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 he shoot. If Larry Brown was seven foot, he'd be joker. <laughs> I don't know, Ricky, because even no, because even this guy, man, it's record. He shoots off the wrong foot. The runner. <laughs> I mean, his his repertoire. I, he's another guy. You know who he reminds me of. Um, Tim Duncan, as far as publicity-wise, right? Because he's not in the big media market. But if you look at him, he's, I'm talking about a young Tim Duncan. He's so well-rounded. He does everything. I, the only weakness you can ever pinpoint would be defensively, and he's really not bad defensively. So the no. guy, he's continued to ascend, man. He's moving up the charts quickly. And here's that. Derek, you point out is great. Um, you know, everybody's looking at these guys shooting one-legged shots now. I saw that 10 years ago it, before the Olympics when I went to watch Spain warm up and the Rudy Fernandez and those guys were shooting threes with one foot in warm-ups. I'm like, what are you doing? That's how that's how Joker grew up seeing that. And now, you know, everybody's doing that. <laughs> is that. Is there logic behind that shot? Uh, you can uh, you can get it you can get it off. Uh, you shoot the only good thing about shooting off the opposite foot is you can get it off quicker. 
Yeah. If the defender, if the defender's there, it's a block shot because you're putting the ball right in the defender's face. Yeah. But if you have time, it's to get it off early. I work on that with the kids sometimes to land it up off the opposite foot because you got to get it up off the backboard before the shot blocker can react. And once you hit the backboard, you know they're usually going to call backboard uh, goaltending more often than not. So it's just certain lot, circumstances. And a lot of times on the jump shot, Ricky, um, you know, if you you know, basic is you gather, you square up, and, and you shoot it with a squared up shot. That takes you know, 0.5 seconds longer than if you could go off one foot, you have to have a lot of touch up here now to do that. But that gives you that release that uh, Derek is talking about. When you go off the wrong foot, if you go off one foot on your jumper, you get that extra second or so. Hey, sure. hey, hey, Mo, you know, when a Gerber starts talking about scoring, I kind of... That's right. That's all the little things matter, man. Seriously. But you know, Terry, know how to put the ball in the basket. You know as well, you know as well as anybody too, Derek. And you these young guys, a lot of them, they don't understand how much time and work it takes. You gotta work at it. You don't just come in the gym and start doing it. You do it for hours and hours of practice. I guarantee, Derek, if I saw you when you were 12 years old, you were doing that stuff for hours and hours, inside, outside, yeah. wherever. Parker, we worked on mechanics. Fundamentals. That was first. Everything yeah. was based off fundamentals. See, that's why I'm not. I'm not bashing the American players. I'll say it again. The last four MVPs have been from where? Yep. Yeah. Giannis might not have the greatest jumper, but uh, even if he didn't, if they didn't let him walk, he still could conform to the rules where he could still be very effective, being still fundamental. Because if you watch him, he's very good at going underneath the defender. Uh, shot faking, he knows how to maneuver his body. And that's the advantage they have on us right now as the players in the United States. Yeah, please, Giannis, please, somebody watch and Please, please, please. Bring me into Milwaukee for a week so I can change your damn routine on your free throws. And oh, you'll be in Please let me come see you for a week, please. Paul, Paul, did you hear the problem, though? What? He doesn't want to change the routine. Oh, man. Then you, that's like Shaq. That, but, but, but doesn't that go back to, like, before they won the championship? That mentality that he had before they won a ring, yeah. being stubborn? Yeah, Why wouldn't he want to change if it's not working? And you know it's against the rules. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, just, uh, it's just silly to me. I mean, if you really want to – you change whatever – Tiger Woods, one of the best golfers ever in the world, changed his swing totally uh, to get better. I mean, Could that affect your team, your body, your your chemistry? Because yeah, I look I at mean, them some nights. They don't look well some nights. I watch, I know Middleton's not playing, but if you look at the guys that they have, they have everyone else. And sometimes their chemistry is not what is what we're used to it being. Yeah, a lot of times, in my opinion, you know, Giannis is so talented and so long. And really, if you think about it, Derek, I mean, God. If you had to guard him one on one, you know, playing one on one, because he he can literally he can take the ball from the three point line at the top of the key, go to four the basket. Oh yeah, with, two dribbles with, with four <laughs> with four guys on him, and he can get he can maybe dunk it. So yeah. really, if you if you talk, hey Giannis, pass the ball. Yeah, but I can score every time. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> what do I say to that? You know, but you know that makes but. <laughs> But, it, yeah, you could score every time if you wanted or go to the free throw line where you're not that successful. But what does that do to the other guys on right. your team? Oh, well, we'll let those guys shoot a little bit. Isn't that the same thing, the same issue uh, with the uh, MB? Yes. The exact, yes. To me, it's the exact same thing. And you know how much yes. I talk about Philly? And I'm not even going into Harden right now. Just the MB situation. Sometimes some of those 44s, I don't even look at that. I look at it as he incorporating the other guys. Are they moving or are they standing? Because if oh, you look at them, they're they very effective when everybody's involved. I mean, I'll tell you, like, like, okay, let's throw, like, so either Giannis or Embiid or whatever, they're doing their thing, and you have Derek Irvin over here that can score. Derek's a, um, he's a point-a-minute guy in the NBA. A point-a-minute. I mean, that any put him on a team, he's a point-a-minute. <laughs> Me, oh, talk about me, Rick. Derek, Derek is a point a minute. Look point at his a, yeah. a point a minute. So now, 
I can score anytime I want, and there's a guy that can score a point a minute, and I'm not getting him the ball. How is he going to feel? After a while, it's like, come on, yeah. man. You know, come on. Yeah. Then you mentioned Tobias earlier? Yeah. So yeah. even like Tobias and those guys, all of them, uh, when they're playing, when everybody's engaged, and it's not just that team, it's teams in general. If you look at these players, these superstars that are dominating the balls, those are the teams that have been struggling. Um, at some point, I want to get to Brooklyn because the way they've been playing, I would like, let's get to them when you're at. But I'll, let's see what you're going to talk about we're, first, sir. We're, we're going well, to the East. We're, we're going. Well, let me let me put that put another guy on that team in that, Maxi, who's hurt now. Yes. But when Harden, when Harden uh, absorbs all the dribbles and all the time, Maxi is the guy who's a phenomenal player, and he's the guy that's hurt about that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, heading to the East, man, I, it's a lot happening over here. Uh, what, what, one thing, one team that stands out to me because really they've been, you know, just 500 team all year. Miami Heat currently 16 and 17. Your, your thoughts on Miami? They've had some injuries, of course. Uh, but, you know, was that, are they just kind of out of gas with this, this current roster? Uh, remember, we talked about them early in the year, Ricky, and every time we talk about them, nothing I've said is going to change. I've never had – you don't even ever hear me mention mention them in the, in the mix this year, not one time. I just don't believe they have enough weapons. Uh, we discussed them. Um, I haven't seen anything change. Uh, mm -hmm. Tyler Hero's been playing well. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been kind of inconsistent. He hasn't been the all-star Jimmy Butler. Uh, I, I don't think they can win with Bam as the center. I uh, like Deadman, but he's a he's a serviceable center. But they just don't have enough weapons. Uh, they don't have that superstar. Uh, Oladipo's been up and down. He's been in and out of the lineup. They're just not a very good team this year. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And you know, they were kind of my my uh, wild card at the beginning of the year because when I looked at their roster, I knew they needed a big. You know, you know, I, I agree. They, they they need another big, more than Deadman who's serviceable, <clears throat> but they have offensive firepower, all that. But it's just not working, and and it's a combination of, of who that's there. Maybe it's run its course, and quite frankly, who knows? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, Spolster is a great coach, but at some point, I mean, how long has he been there? And it's about time to get a different voice, whatever that voice might be. And I know Pat Riley's guy and everything, but. You know, at some point, you got to look at it and say, you know, it's it's just not working. And uh, well, tell me, guys, why why can a Tom Izzo be at Michigan State twenty five years and a a, a Spolstra apples after apples years? apples and oranges apples and oranges college college is not the NBA apples and oranges in the NBA that the players run the team and the Coach is just there. In college, the coach runs the team, and the players are just there, apples and oranges. Ricky, look at that roster, though. I mean, at some point, you got to start mentioning Spolster. If, if you look at that roster from top to bottom going into the season, and you and Paul and myself are on the, at the coaches, the three assistants, we have to be honest with ourselves. That's the only way we can help the team. You're not looking at that roster saying, we're going to be in the final four of the, of the Eastern Conference uh, Championship. And that's just being real. They don't have enough weapons. We still don't know what's going on. Duncan Robinson, one minute he's playing, one minute he's not. Vincent's in and out of the lineup. Struess is a good player. They just don't have enough weapons. Yeah, yeah. And they're too small. been in the league 16 years. Yeah, Lowry's, yeah. Lowry was very good last year and helped him a lot this like I said, 42 years old. I went to I was I was a serviceable pickup player, and then 43, <laughs> I was garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my sons told me that. Dad, you don't need to play any music. <laughs> uh we're staying in the east now. Uh, before we get to some of the top teams, uh, Atlanta, 17 and 16. I, I read a story about uh, Trey Young maybe being on the trading block, not this year, but next year. He'll be coming up 
for a new contract. Uh, and there's some thought that they can only go so far with him being the focal point because he demands the ball. One of the reasons they say is, you know, he dominates the ball. Can, can, is this, can you be a franchise player from that position the way he plays? Wow. Well, well I mean, I, let me ask that question again. Can you lead a franchise to higher heights being a, with the way he plays as your best player? Well, for one thing, it's, it's, it's not even for me playing so much. Um, you also got to remember DeJounte Murray's in the backcourt with him. Right. And they both, you know who they remind me of uh, mentally? They remind me of the Grizzlies. One of those teams that celebrates talking about dynasty and they've never done anything. Oh. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's what that's what the, that's what the Hawks remind me. I'm serious. That's what Trey reminds me of. You know, he's that Madison Square Garden guy, Ricky. But is he the guy that's going to get you over the hump? Their style of play doesn't mesh. Um, John Collins, we keep hearing he's going to be traded. How do you think he feels all year? Is he going to be traded? Is he not going to be traded? So you're dealing with that kind of stuff. Uh, Murray sometimes wants to take the spotlight. So that's a problem. So sometimes him and Trey are like in competition. And, still, and then they don't have that one guy, that leader, when things are going astray. Who's that guy that's going to get in there that's going to be able to have that voice like a P.J. Tucker, that guy that's in the locker room, that Patrick Beverly? They don't have that. And that's what stops you from winning. So I like their team on paper, but I don't like them on the court uh, when it comes to uh, going very far in the playoffs, if they even make the playoffs. I think they're, they're, they're in a situation almost their worst – their own worst enemy, when two years ago they jumped up and surprised everybody in the playoffs and uh, took the Bucks uh, to the Eastern Finals. And then people, then when you're sitting there in that front office, you're going, wow, we're almost there. When in reality, they weren't almost there. They were a long ways off. And then you come back to earth, and now you, you're looking at, well, uh, what do we do now? And I think that happened too. And, yeah. Paul, I don't believe they've uh, fixed that situation either. Um, when Trey sat out that game because he didn't want to do the um, the, the um, shoot-around thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That yep. that reminds me of DeAndre Aiden and Monty Williams. Yep, so absolutely. We don't hear about it a lot, but you know, Paul, that's a major factor in uh, winning and losing. And everybody tries to bury it, you know, as well. And I'm going to bring that back again. You know, when you're at home, yeah, whatever, you do whatever. But when you're on the road and you see that you're a coach and you see that guy's face on the airplane, in the locker room, at the hotel, you start thinking, damn, remember when he did that? <laughs> uh, New York Knicks, they, they were red hot, uh, but they've lost three in a row. Now they, they're 18 to 16, sitting in the number six spot. But uh, I think this is just a hot streak. I don't, I don't consider them serious <laughs> challengers uh, for the East. They might lose eight in a row, Ricky. You know that. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> hey, but I got to give them they, – they got on an impressive run, though. I mean, that, that's something that hasn't happened in a while to win an eight straight. You, but, Ricky, what's their identity still? You still, to this point, since they picked up Derrick Rose over the last few years and – AJ Barrett and all these guys. What's their identity, Ricky? Do you know it? No. Well, I, I know the co coach likes defense, but <laughs> yeah, that's just, good. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. Paul, from night to hey, hey, Paul, hey, Paul, Paul Mason, it doesn't seem like his team likes to play. Hey, Paul, <laughs> hey, Ricky, let me say it this way, Paul. You were with the team in Milwaukee, right? It was a team, but you yeah. had guys like that that could. Uh, Keep the ship of sail, I'll say. Like a Moncrief or Paul Pressy, guys like that could bring keep things together. Isn't that true? The Knicks don't have that, do they? Yeah, I mean, all, always. And, and you know what? You talk about Pressy, Moncrief, you have uh, Bob Lanier, you had a guy that a lot of people don't know, Harvey Ketching, guys like that, you know. But like, let's, let's be serious though. The East, the West is a wild, wild West. The East is a four man race, right? <laughs> Boston, Milwaukee, uh, Nets, and Philly. Ah, five, Cal pit five. Cleveland. Not Cleveland. Cavs Cleveland. are too young. No, sorry. <laughs> too, too young. They're too young. Knicks don't matter. Hawks don't matter. 
Pacers don't matter. Miami Heat don't matter. Toronto don't matter. And the, and the Cavs are too young. He said they don't matter. He said, no, Ricky, they're too young. <laughs> I, said, they, I said the other team, the Cavs are too young, and the other teams don't matter because they're not. You know, your friend of the Knicks or the Hawks or the Pacers or the Heat or Toronto in the seven-game series. No. Shoot, I, uh, the Celtics could probably play them left-handed like Larry Bird did if he goes to win. Hey, Paul, hey, Paul, this is the first time, this is the first time we disagreed this evening. Oh, my goodness. I, I got to put the Cavs in there. I got them in the top three right now, to be honest, in the East. I just think I just think these styles again. Um, I would take the Cavs in a seven game series over the Milwaukee Bucks. I really would. Woo. Oh, oh I, I, t- I, t- I told you that two weeks ago. I meant it. Please, please let that happen so I, I can would, put a bet on that. I, hey, Rick, hey, hey, if you remember before the break, before the holiday, we talked about it. Um, the reason I said I said I would take Boston would lose to Milwaukee in a series. And I said I think that Cleveland would beat Milwaukee. I just think they match up well uh, with Okoro, uh, Kevin Love, Jared Allen, uh, Mobley. I just think they match up very well with Bobby Portis and Lopez and those guys in the front court. And that's even with Middleton. And then I go to the back court. Only thing that would have me nervous is Drew Holiday. But I think Darian, uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are special. I think they're the best backcourt in the league right now, and I just think that will be a really, really interesting series. No, I think it would too. And then we go to Game Seven, and the Bucks will win the Game Sevens, won Game Sevens, wins the series, and Cleveland goes home. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might see that. We might see that. That would be uh, but but be I agree, Derek. I mean, their their roster and their length and their explosiveness and their backcourt is a serious, serious deal. I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm old school, and I just think when it gets to seven-game series in, in NBA playoffs, and like we said before, when the lights come on for you know all the football teams, they come in, come, come on for basketball teams. And if you haven't been there before, you, you just you can't duplicate that. And you know, like John Lucas always said, pressure bust pipes. So you know, I tell you, I, I got a chance to see Cleveland play live when they came to Detroit. They are long, man, on yes. that front line. Yes, they are. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ricky, what about right now, though, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to throw some people off. We already know that one guard spot, if the season were to end the day, Luca has his spot sewn up, right? That other one for me would be right Donovan Mitchell <laughs> over Ja and Steph. Right now, I'm just saying. He's playing that well. NBA, NBA. Okay. I, I, I just think sometimes that's that's why I give them a chance. I think what he's doing this year is not a fluke. Uh, I just think Houston, uh, he, he got to show what he could do in Utah. I just think this team here fits him better. Uh, he's happy. He's talked about being away from Utah. He was honest about it. And I just think he has new life. And I just think that he's capable of getting them over the hump in a seven-game series. That's the <laughs> example we talked about of one of those quarterbacks not being in the right spot. This is Donovan Mitchell moving. He was very comfortable in Utah going to the right spot. And um, new blood, you know, for him, you know, it feels all hey, new to him. Yeah. Hey, guys, we, we time is flying by here. And, uh, man, it's good to be back on the air. And uh, to all our viewers out there, you know, you can, you can get this show and all our past shows on the Believe Sports Network. That's Believe, B-L-E. AV.com to get this and uh, past shows. Uh, but let, let's talk about Brooklyn before we get out of here because we've given them hard times when they struggle, but they have been uh, red hot. And what do you think has been the turnaround in uh, Brooklyn? Go ahead, Paul. Uh, I mean, I, Kyrie's playing. I guess I don't know. <laughs> is, is, is Simmons playing? Has Ben Simmons playing? Yeah, he he didn't play last game. He sat out last game. He, he, you look at Simmons' numbers. I mean, he's averaging eight point six rebounds. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> but he's playing, and he's a you know yeah. whatever. You know, I still don't. You know, I don't. I don't like the Boston, Milwaukee. Okay, let's throw the Cavs in there. Philly with uh, Harden, I'm not buying it. And then um, uh, Nets with uh, Kyrie. I just, not their talent, not their talent, 
But just the whole fit thing. You don't trust. Hey, don't hey, trust. hey, Ricky, do you remember when we talked about Kyrie's situation? And it wasn't about agreeing. We all got our opinion, and, and you know, none are, none are wrong. And I'm gonna say this, and this is for everybody. I want you to just you guys to think about this, you and Paul. And I could be wrong about this. Kyrie is the kind of guy. Um, he's always tried to emulate Kobe Bryant, and that's always been his mantra since he was at Duke, and I even believe high school. And you can pull up videos the two of them together. I think Kyrie with this um, anti-Semite thing, and I'm not going to get into that subject. But I think he's the type guy, Ricky, it seems like he's always wanted acceptance. And some of the things that he's done has been hard to explain. But I see him as the kind of guy now, he looks free. If you look at him now, he walks around and you see him now in a lot of pictures and stuff. He just looks like he has a weight lifted off his shoulders. And it looks like he's just accepting uh, being in, he's been playing more than ever. <laughs> and that's one reason I say uh, I always talk about body language. I just think he's really happy right now. Uh, KD looks happy. They look like a team. And I think uh, Jacques Vaughn has brought some stability there. Uh, I'm not saying they're over the hump, but right now they've been the hottest team in the league. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, we always talk about in the locker room. And I don't. we haven't heard any gripes going on or any of that. I think Kyrie is uh, free, as they'll say. And I just think it's showing in their play. I, I, I really want your Jacques Vaughn. Uh, rock Chuck Jayhawk, but he's he's more than that. He's a he's a level head, and he can really talk to you. When he talks to you, you know he, he's focused on he, he just has a way of communicating, and I think that's stable, really, stabilizer. Paul, is that a good right. word? A stabilizer. Yeah, yeah and, and trustworthy, and trustworthy, and you believe what he says. And he's he's a basketball guy. He's been around, and uh, I think that has a huge effect on, on the overall team and. What a great move by letting him have that spot. I mean, thank yeah, goodness. Because yeah. what, what if they bring him, you know, it's just so good. But I'm sorry, I'm still, uh, you know, Kyrie's all happy and everything for now. But we know from experience <laughs> that can change overnight. He can tweet something tomorrow and, oh, here we go again. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's a that's a great point mentioning uh, Jock Vaughn and the job he's done since he's uh, uh, taken over. Brooklyn is sitting at 22 and 12 two games out in the number three spot. But, you know, for me, at the end of the day, it's going to be Boston on, on Milwaukee. And oh, I, although I do, I do think Cleveland is a sleeper there. Oh, of so here, how about this? Let's, let's I, you know, I don't know what's, but if you look at, we're almost halfway through the season, you look at Boston and Milwaukee as one, two. Think of the, the matchup before that, if that happens. If you look mm-hmm. at the, either the Cavs, or the Nets or Philly playing both of what a series those series will be. See, that's what, yeah, those matchups. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's where you start thinking, because if I'm the Bucks and I know I don't want to face that Cavs team with that, with that lineup, you know, so we need to finish it at certain spots and not have to face well, them until the end. Well, real quick question for Paul and Ricky. Uh, counting Chris Middleton, right? And Robert Williams is back. So I saw that. And Cornette has played well for, for uh, Boston as well. Luke Cornette, Paul, Ricky, at full, st- at full strength, who's the better team if you had to pick today coming out of the East between those two, Boston and Milwaukee? I like Boston right now. A well-rounded team, man. Well, yeah. I, I like Boston yeah. right now. Mil- Milwaukee, it's not even close. No, I'm kidding. It's close. I got to go with my bucks with my heart. Yeah, well- <laughs> Mo has no – Mo is completely unbiased on that uh, take. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Just by the numbers only. <laughs> hey, Ricky, the only reason – the only reason quickly that I would take Boston, I would give them the edge, is because with Middleton keep being in and out of the lineup, yeah. I see. I think we've seen uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown become the best uh, twosome in the league yeah. uh, wing players. But then that, – and that move when they got Brogdon, that move is yeah. huge. And I think that, they just, but yeah. that said, if those two met up, I don't think it would be an upset no matter who won. I no. Mean, it would be a toss-up. An and, no and I think they, they would be – whoever won that would be a favorite in the finals, so, right? I would think. I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. Hey, man, the hour has flown by. Uh, it is great to be back. Uh, 
we again we wish everybody a uh, a healthy and happy uh, uh, New Year's weekend. We'll be back here uh, next Monday. We we won't see you the next year. The next year, unfortunately, <laughs> that won't be very long from now. But uh, it, it's been great. Again, uh, love doing this show with you guys. Love everybody out there tuning in every week. Uh, catch us on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. And, 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 yeah. and everybody, everybody out there that wants a message or a birthday wish or a merry, yes. a happy new year, go on Cameo and, and hit me up on there. I can do yeah. it for you. And, and Ricky, Ricky, in, in closing, I'm going to say this. Going into uh, 2023, I want to wish everybody um, a better year, more prosperous year. And I'm going to say the other word, B-E-L-I-A-V-E. I'm going to spell it like that. I want everybody to go in with the belief that next year is going to be even a better year. Oh, I like that. I like that, D. For Big Boys, Derek, I'm Rick. See you next week. Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.